0: Shalom, welcome to Tanakh Study. This is Alex Israel from Alon Shvut. Delighted to be with you again. And we are learning Parashat Paratchaf, the story of Avram in the land of Grar and his interactions with Avimelech. Paratchaf pasuk Aleph, chapter 20 verse 1. Avram journeyed from there to the land of the Negev, Eretz Negev, Vayishav ben Kadesh of vayagar And he Lived between Kadesh and Shur, and sojourned in a place called Gerar. This uh, parsha starts strangely because Misham Avraham. Where is the sham? Uh, what does it mean? He travelled from there. The mafarshim say he travelled from Elone Mamre, where he had been before, and that's quite clear. But that use of the word Misham is very interesting because we've seen seen it already when the men. Uh, the angels left him after the story where they told Sarah about her upcoming pregnancy it said the men got up from there likewise when Avram was about to argue for Saddam Sham is the place where they tell Avram and Sarah they're going to have a child Sham is the place where Avram argues with God this seems to be connected in somehow by using the word Shum to the previous story. And here I'd like to offer two possible uh, options. One is is that this story fits in together with those stories. Because the story that we're going to read in chapter 20 is the way that Avram and Sarah go to Gerar. And Avimelech the king seizes Sarah and takes her to his palace, to her his harem. And uh, takes her as a wife and this is yet another story about how you have visitors they are sexually compromised and then God intervenes in order to save them it sounds incredibly similar to the story of Sodom and if that is true then we're going to witness this story against the Sodom story and uh, these by the way, are the stories in between where Sarah, Sarah is told she's going to have a child and when the child is born? It's almost as if Yitzchak is born, Yitzchak, the child who is going to bear the covenant and is going to uphold Avram's values of Sedeq and Mishpat, is born in an environment where all of the cultures around seem to be sexually promiscuous. Seem to use their power in order to sexually compromise uh, wayfarers or guests, people who have no power within the society that they find themselves. And therefore, Misham will tell us that Avram is coming from the place where he encountered Saddam and here he's going to encounter it again. That would be a very damning moral statement about the Canaanite culture and will contra- contrast Avraham's way of tzedakah u mishpat his way of righteousness and justice with the uh, ambient culture that's one explanation of Misham but the second explanation would be this as I mentioned at the end of our last class Avraham def- you know very bravely went into debate with God about the fate of Sodom and desperately tried to get a reprieve for the valley so that it shouldn't be destroyed. He went down from 50 to 45 to 40, 30, 20 and stopped at 10. Avram doesn't know that Lot has been saved, Lot and his two daughters. He has no awareness that he had any sort of effect. Could it possibly be that Avram abandons the area of Sodom because he can't stand looking down from his uh, hill view and see that valley all destroyed and all burnt? He can't stand to look at it every day. He feels that he failed. And I say this because he goes to Gerar. Gerar is right at the border of Eretz Yisrael. We know this from earlier on in Perak Yud in chapter 10 when it gives us the borders of Eretz Canaan and it tells us that one of the borders Vahihih Gvula Canani Sidon, the border goes from Sidon up in Lebanon Boachah Ad Aza through Grar to Gaza in other words Gurar is right on the border it's the edge of Eretz Canaan is Avram sort of uh, pushing himself away from the center of society? It, it's this I think is certainly a possibility. So Avram is in Grar, and here we're going to see a story which is highly reminiscent of Avraham and Sarah's visit to Egypt back in chapter twelve. Avram, ishto. Avram said to Sarah his wife, Achotihi. He said about her, she is my sister. Avimelech, avi the king of Grar, went and took Sarah. Here we see a very awful practice of uh, kings and rulers who think that since they have the power, they can, as we've already mentioned, sexually dominate anybody who is an outsider. And this is true throughout so many environments that we've seen in Sefer Breshit. We will later see Dina, who goes alone into the town of Shechem and is raped by the um, heir apparent of Shem, we're going to see later on Yosef who is uh, sexually compromised by Aeshet Potiphar this seems to be an environment where whoever is stronger wins and has power over the weaker a pretty terrible environment and now we understand why Avram has to say Achotihi Ayavo Elohim al God appeared to Avimelech in a dream of the night and said to him hinach mate al haisha vehi ba'al you are a dead man because of the woman you took because she is another person's wife the narrator tells us Avi melech had not even come near her adonai and Avi melech says my lord will you even kill a nation who is innocent Hagoy gam tzadik tahrug, halahu amar liachotihi. He told me, "She was sister." V'gamhi amra achihu. She said, "He's my brother." But tomle in the innocence of my heart of Nikayonka pai, and the, and the, and the cleanness of my hands asitizot. I did this. Bei yoma Elohim b'chalom. God said in the dream, "Gam anochi adatihi b'tomle sitazot." I know you did this. Uh, without knowledge and therefore I have prevented you from sinning to me that is why I did not allow you to touch her and now return the wife of this man because he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live V'imein chameshev, but if you don't return her, darkimot tamut ata v'chol ashelach. You should know, you will die, you and every everything that you have. V'ishkei avimelach ba'boker. Avimelach got up in the morning. V'ikaral cholabadav. He calls all of his servants. V'daber et chol hadvarim ha'eleb osnehem, and he told them everything, everything that had happened during the night. V'iru ha'anashim maod, the people. Were very fearful let's stop for a minute here and look at this story and wonder who is in the right here and who is in the wrong we start off with in the story and Avram says about Sarah Ishtar she is my sister this seems to happen very how should I say casually and routinely in the story of uh, Egypt uh there was a much more gentle, sensitive way of saying it. There it says and when they got close to Egypt, Avram said, You are such a beautiful woman, maybe they'll take you, and uh Imri Na Achotiat, please uh say that uh you are my sister, etc. Here it just says it casually. Is there a sense of criticism here at Avram? Achotihi as if it's just routine? Wasn't there any other way of dealing with this? didn't the last time work out badly and indeed last time they had to go down to Egypt because Kaved Harav because there was a harsh famine what about this time did they have to go to the Eretz there's certainly if, if we if the Ramban in the situation of Egypt spoke about Avram's culpability uh, and there in a situation of famine and all here it seems really reprehensible for Avram to put Sarah in such a compromising position. And I would say not only Sarah, but even Avimelech himself, because of course Avimelech takes her. Avimelech comes out standing very, very innocent. The narrator here tells us he didn't go didn't touch her. He didn't go anywhere near her. Uh, but Avimelech Loch Karave Leha. Not only that. But whereas God afflicted Paro in the original story in chapter twelve, here we don't see any affliction. He comes to him and tells him that you're going to die for this woman you took. Gives him a warning, and Avimelech turns around and says, ta harog. Will the an innocent nation be killed?" Fascinating statement. It almost sounds like Avram's statement about uh, the innocent being killed along with the guilty. Avimelech is sort of taking the role of Avram here, pleading with God and saying. I didn't do anything and you hear how he turns around to God and says, She said he was his sister, he said he's a brother. But of Kapaya and God affirms that indeed he is innocent and says I know that you did this in the uh I know you did this, but Tom you did this innocently, and that's why I didn't let you didn't let you get anywhere close to him. When Avimelech gets up in the morning, you'd think he'd go and run to Avraham, but he doesn't. He goes to his courtiers and explains everything that, that happens. Why would he do such a thing? He sounds so sincere. Uh, why is he explaining his actions? He could have just, you know, not publicized it. And when his courtiers hear about it, it says that they were greatly fearful. And this is interesting because then Avimelech calls Avraham, I'm reading from Pasuk tet verse 9, and says, What did you do? Do to us How did I sin to you? Kiveto Chata Agdola, you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin. Masim Asu, Asita Imadi, you've done things with me which really should not be done. Avram you've been inappropriate. And apparently Avram doesn't respond. Avram is just silent. So Avimelech continues and says, Mara Ita kiasita Why did you do that? And Avram says, "Ki yirat Elohim There is no fear of God in this place. For haraguni al and I'll be killed for my wife. This is very interesting. Avram's assessment: that ein If there is no fear of God, I will be killed. Because we just read before that od, that Avimelech's courtiers were very fearful. Is it fearful of something else or fearful of God? At this stage as we read it, it seems like everybody here on the Avimelech side is pretty sincere. Why is Avram casting aspersions that Ainirat Elohim hazeh? And then Avram says, Vegam omna achoti batavihu. In fact, I didn't lie. She really is my sister. She was my relative before I married her. She is a relative on my father's side, but not on my mother's side, I married her. Does this war argument hold water? It might be not a technical lie, but as the Ramban points out, he's not really getting out of the moral culpability here, because even if she is technically his sister, he passed her off as sister as opposed to his wife, but she is also his wife. Avram continues Uo himi Avi when God made me wander from my father's house for Zechas siemi. I said, Let this be your kindness that you do with me. El Every place we go, please say he is my brother. Avimelech takes sheep and cattle and servants and maid servants and gives them to Avraham. As some sort of apology and he gives back Sarah his wife. Avimelech says even more than that. As opposed to Pharaoh, who exiled Avraham, he says, My land is wide open for you, live wherever you want. Amar, and to Sarah he says, Natati Kesef l'achicha. Here he has a pretty big dig at Avraham I am giving you a thousand pieces of silver to your brother in other words to your husband who passed himself off as his bro- as your brother um clearly expressing his um lack of of uh, happiness uh with the way that Avram sort of manipulated him he says um and here's a very difficult phrase he sut he will be a covering for your eyes or the the, the money will be a covering for your eyes. kol to everyone who is with you, and you are now publicly vindicated. Let's stop here. If we read this story, I have to say, Avimelech doesn't come out looking great. He took another man's wife. God wanted to kill him. And. I'd even say more than that God has to tell him explicitly return the woman as if he wasn't planning to do that but having said that God professes that Avimelech didn't go anywhere near her that he did this in innocence and we see this very long passage where Avimelech rebukes Avram and Avram doesn't even answer back and when Avram does answer back he gives a very feeble answer I thought there wasn't or Elohim in this place you would kill me in fact she is my sister it was a white lie and when we read this it sounds like Avimelech is in the superior moral position I say that from a, from a sort of literary reading here where I think that the, the experience of reading really when you read through the story it sounds like Avram comes out pretty weak however this entire perception is going to be turned on its head as we read the last two psukim of this whole story and here I have to say this particular point um, I, I gleaned from Rav Yoni Grossman's book Rav Yonatan Grossman's book on Avraham, a truly fabulous work uh, where he points out the following Here is we're reading from Pasuk yud verse 17 Vayit palel <inaudible> Avraham el Elohim Avram prays to God Vai Elohim et Avimelech And now he heals Avimelech. Wait, did we know that Avimelech was sick? The Etishto and Avimelech's wife, the Amhotav and all his other wives, Vayeleidu. Kiatsor at and they gave birth, Kiyatsor At Sar Hashem the Beit Avimelech, because God had stopped up all of the wombs of everybody in Avimelech's house. Al Davas Eshet Avraham because of Sarah Eshet Avraham Sarah Avraham's wife we now find out something that we didn't realize before that Avi Melech himself and his wife and all of his other wives had suffered from some sort of malady some sort of illness which had closed up their wombs whatever that means and probably given them some other ailments in that area of the body and this is why and Avimelech needs to be cured, and until Sarah was returned, and until Avimelech had apologised, Avimelech and his entire royal family would not be cured, and it has to wait for Avram to pray for them. And suddenly now the entire reading that I gave before looks entirely different. Because now when God comes to him and says, You're going to die for this woman, he's now seized by an illness and he's on the verge of death and when he professes his innocence and he says tomlavavi of on i did this in innocent. god's response he uses two phrases with the purity of my heart of and the cleanliness of my hands god says to him i know you did it in the innocence of your heart and there rashi points out i know you did it in the innocence of your heart but your hands are not clean your hands are not clean society which seizes a woman without uh you know just because she is vulnerable in your midst you are culpable more than that before we expressed that it was Avimelech was so righteous because he uh he told all of his courtiers about this but now that we understand that all his uh, royal court had been afflicted with some sort of medical problem or some sort of terrible illness. Now we understand why he had to explain to everybody, and now we understand that when it says, and they feared greatly, they didn't fear greatly because they feared God, they feared greatly because they felt the hand of God, much like I don't know the Mim Yitzrayim. And now we understand that one of the things he isn't doing is he's not returning Sarah, even when he gives the gist, it says. Um, he gave shvachot, he gave all of this sheep and cattle and slaves and maidservants Va'yitain la'avraham, he gave it to Avraham <laughs> the last thing he does is return Sarah to Avraham it's almost like he's reluctant to give her over he thinks she is his right and suddenly we realize this whole story Avraham was in real danger this is not Avram was a hundred percent right. This is not at all the place of Yerat Elohim. The only reason why Avimelach is even acting in this way is because God has afflicted him with some terrible illness which he cannot extricate himself from. And it's only at the end of the story that Avram prays for him and he frees him from this. So maybe we understand why he gave Avram instead of throwing him out. He gave him rights of residency and said, "Hineh artzilah fanecha betov meinecha shev." my land is open before you uh, you're welcome to live whether, wherever you would like he says this because he's groveling before Avraham because uh, he's suffering from some sort of ailment which the only person who can take it away is indeed Avraham of the now we understand that it is not Avimelech who has the moral high ground but Avraham who has the moral high ground and, of course, now the question is like this. Why is it, why is it that we need to hear the story this way? At first, we get the feeling that Avi Melech is the person who is innocent and Avram is guilty. And only at the end of the story, we realize that Avram is the one who is actually in the right and Avimelech is in the wrong. And I'd like to go back to my initial reading. Why did Avraham leave Misham from that place the place where he had argued for Saddam and go right to the border of eretz he felt demoralized he felt demoralized seeing the last uh, line we saw about Avraham was Vayashkef Alpane Saddam he looked out over Saddam um, Vek he saw the smoke rising like the smoke of a furnace Avram had prayed for Sodom and he couldn't save it and he feels demoralized he can't bear to stand and watch it every single day he doesn't feel that he has a power of prayer he doesn't feel like he is in any position to be able to express a moral voice and here we see Somebody as evil or as problematic as Avimelech saying Sadik to Harog? Are you going to kill the innocent an innocent nation? By the way, notice the emphasis which when you first read it you don't notice how much Avimelech constantly talks about his nation. to Harog. And later on he turned, when he turns round to avram and accuses him he says what did we do to you and what did we send to you you brought on me and my entire kingdom a great sin what he really means is not a great sin but you brought great punishment upon me avram has to go to Avimelech to realize that many other people profess to be innocent But they are not innocent. They're not innocent in any way. And there are lots of other cultures who are evil. And that he has the power of prayer. At the end of the story, first of all, God protects him in this story. God protects him and Sarah in this story. Number two, he realized that he has a real power of prayer. It is only through his power of prayer that he can heal Avi and his entire kingdom. Thirdly, Avraham learns that he can go to other segments of the land and that he will be given permission to live there even though he only goes Lagor, vayagar Bigrar, to sojourn in Grar. Suddenly, Avimelech, instead of maybe booting him out, as Pharaoh did, feels that he is so in the moral low ground that he has to offer Avraham permission to stay there by right. And I will add that in the end of chapter 21, Peret Chaf Aleph Avi and his army captain come to Avraham and now groveling before Avraham they say please take an oath and be nice to me and my grandson and my great grandson because we've never done anything bad to you please do I've only been kind to him. you please be kind to me there is a sense that Avi eventually turns around and understands that he has been inappropriate to Avraham by taking his wife and by acting in this way So maybe part of what this story is, is telling us the story the first way, because it expresses Avram's state of mind. Avram doesn't quite rely, doesn't feel that he has the moral backbone that he had anticipated. And that's possibly why he doesn't even answer Avimelech. He's sort of feeling a little as if he's lost his way. And through this story... Um, and later the covenant that Avimelech will make with him Avram realizes what his power is he realizes his moral power his tzedakah mishpat that he is indeed in in the right he realizes his power of prayer he realizes that God's promises are coming true that in this land of Canaan which he goes to the very border of but does not go over the border God is giving him blessing he is giving him blessing by Avimelech giving him gifts Avimelech giving him full permit to live in the land. And later on, he takes the moral high ground as he accuses Avimelech of stealing his wells, stealing his water. And uh, there, Avimelech has to come come to him and make a covenant. It is fascinating to... The reading that I offered is fascinating because it shows that even the great Avraham can have a failure of nerves, can have a moment in which he wonders about his own appropriateness his own religious power but HaKadosh Baruch Hu here protects him makes him realize that the leaders who are around him are certainly not morally upstanding like he is but they are actually morally compromising to the people who come within their ambits and in this story hopefully gives Avraham the understanding of his moral stature so that he can move ahead And indeed, we will see this moral stature in full color in the next two stories, the sending away of Ishmael and the Akedah. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day.